Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the You Imagine podcast. Today on the show, Joseph Abraham, CEO and founder of Startup Atom, sits down with Mr. Bignesh Ramanujam, partner at Lok Capital. Mr. Ramanujam shares a very real perspective on the investment landscape of Chennai and India at large and the measures startups and aspiring founders need to take in order to attract more investment into the state and the country. Listen on as they have a conversation about this and share many more insights as Tamil Nadu sets the stage for the biggest tech and startup summit on the 23rd through the 25th of March 2023. You imagine Chennai 2023. So hi Vignesh also known as V. Uh, welcome to the You Imagine podcast. Really nice to catch up with you. Thanks for all this amazing conversation that we had and uh, you know brilliant brilliant stuff. And so today we're going to talk about a lot of different things and some of the touch points are the vc ecosystem in tamil nadu how to approach a vc and uh, and, and and what are you looking forward from this whole space um, from a deep tech emerging tech space uh, what's your you know expectation from a summit like you imagine i mean a lot to talk about sure. so let's dive in and the first question to you is uh, there's something interesting about tamil nadu that we are talking about there's a value system and that helps entrepreneurs to rise up focus on profitability and a lot of different things that being said the other side when you look at the whole vc ecosystem there's a huge gap right so what causes this gap and how can this gap be bridged so um it's a great question actually and it's very pertinent for chennai to be answering this question you know <laughs> at, at, at this juncture no because see the vc ecosystem in india is a grand total of maybe 15 years old mm-hmm. the vc ecosystem in india is not uh, 50 years old right um, if you look at the vc ecosystem itself you know largely speaking until maybe the 90s or you know early 2000s mm-hmm. as people say venture capital used to be a cottage industry globally right, right. it's not a it was not some like you know all the glamour and the headlines and the billions of dollars being thrown around at companies etc today i mean these are all these are all a today thing these were not a yesterday thing or a day before yesterday thing for sure right so in that context it's firstly important to understand how vc came into india mm-hmm. and why vc came into india mm-hmm. india and chennai as a subset of that provides probably the largest growth market in a democratic country in the world as on date mm-hmm. now notwithstanding other geopolitical considerations with regard to how capital flows globally etc despite all of the headwinds we faced over the last sort of you know maybe 5 10 years mm-hmm. in india we're still able to confidently go out and assure investors both internal and external that our economy will grow at 6 7% annually mm-hmm. this does not come very easily especially when you look at a population that is the size of ours right like we looking at a you know 1 1 dot billion dollar population uh, people population sorry yep uh, and you're saying that size of an absolute tam can still grow at 6 7% is not a joke so true so it is natural for venture capital to be attracted to a market like this because vc seeks large outcomes mm. right limited downside in theory infinite upside which means you need a market that can support that kind of upside so india is a very prime prospect in that in that context now having said this this is the macro context 
in India versus in the US, which is an ecosystem that is roughly three or four times as old hmm. as we are. And the majority of venture capital in India today still comes not from India, it comes from outside. Hmm. In fact, to the tune of over 80%. Hmm. That includes even a fund like ours. For instance, we've just had our first close at Lok 4, fourth fund. And even there, the majority of the capital, in fact, all of the capital we've raised for the first close so far has come only from uh, LPs outside of India. Hmm. Because they see the market potential, they believe in the story and they understand that there is so much potential for growth. Hmm. Now, when VC comes to India and wants to invest in these companies, what it is looking at or what it is seeing from a 10,000 foot high level is so many people are there, so many dollars can be deployed and so much value can be created and so many Indian companies can become unicorn, decacorn. I mean, I hate the terms, but you know, basically create large outcomes, okay, which add value to everybody. And in the process, of course, it is good for the local economy because it creates jobs. So these are all so far all the positives. Now to actually execute on all of this, okay, and to create true impact at scale, See, as impact investors ourselves, you know, I cannot, for instance, go and say, I'm going to every year find a new definition of impact and every year I'm going to go and find a new company that can create new impact because it's A, a waste of time and B, impact truly has to be sustainable, which means the companies firstly have to be sustainable. Hmm. In that context, I will say Chennai stands out and I'm not saying that because I'm from here alone. Hmm. We care about sustainability in terms of basic hygiene, in terms of profitability and getting the basics covered, right? Keeping the lights on, paying the bills on time, paying the salaries on time. All of these things we care about in Chennai today, because culturally speaking, if you look at the history of businesses in India, we have always been one of more deeply conservative pockets, right? We've always been the land of a, a TVS and a TTK. We've not been the land of an Uber and a Ola. True. Okay, and I'm not saying this is right or that is wrong, but I'm just saying that these are companies that valued the fact that they could first endure. Hmm. Now, once you have figured out endurance, then you start thinking about saying not only is it about sustainability, it's also about innovation. Hmm. The thing is, most people until the advent of venture capital had the luxury of thinking about innovation only after they had addressed sustainability. Right. After venture dollars get thrown behind your company, then you have the now the sudden luxury of time to say, my basics are being taken care of because my VC is funding my burn. Therefore, now I can think about what something new that I can create. Hmm. You know, ergo innovation and, and growth and all of that. But not just because of today's market headwinds and capital environment and the funding winter and all the other fancy terms that get thrown around. At a very foundational level, if we figure out the basic problems first, hmm. then we automatically are at an advantage in terms of saying we don't have the baggage of being constantly worried about our survival. And now we have the luxury, therefore, of time to think about basics are covered. What else can we do? Hmm. This is something in Chennai I think we're very good at, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't like to raise capital from outside because we don't want to answer to anybody. So a lot of the businesses end up being very family-owned, family-controlled. Right. In that process, does value creation get limited sometimes? Mm-hmm. But in terms of the value system that underpins those businesses in getting the basics covered, I think they do a pretty good job. And I think we should actually prioritize that in terms of saying even a small company that's starting up as any startup. Mm-hmm. 
figure out how to first of all survive without somebody's help hmm okay i'm not saying it's always going to be possible i'm not saying that some for instance you mentioned deep tech or extremely r&d driven innovative let's say something like a robotics product or a pharmacology product or something that is going to take 3 to 5 years of like you know gestation research. time yeah. research to 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 gtm now I, i'm not talking about those kinds of exceptions but broadly speaking i think we can find that these kinds of problems can be addressed first once we address these problems then we go and say okay now we've solved for profitability at level 1 Mm-hmm. then we say now how do we solve for growth mm. at a growth level it is like now how do i deploy capital in the most optimal direction such that the value of my company or the product that i'm building increases in the shortest amount of time relative to the overall market mm. so that now is something that you are allowed to address or you have the ability to address peacefully without thinking about whether or not you know am i going to be alive <laughs> uh, right yeah at, at a growth level on the growth front i think we have a lot of work to do i mm. think we have to think a little bit bigger i think we have to definitely encourage ambition and we have to kindle that we have to constantly in fact almost build confidence up in indian founders and particularly chennai based founders to the point we're saying hey we can sit here and we can truly build world changing india changing global mm. companies enduring companies large profitable outcomes sitting out of chennai sitting out of tamil nadu sitting out of india that thinking will come only when confidence keeps going up and confidence comes when you see success stories emerging right the more success stories we have the more successful neighbors you have the more you also believe you can be successful so true this is uh, evident of what happened in silicon valley this is evident of what happened in any successful entrepreneurial ecosystem mm-hmm. and that virtuous cycle has to be constantly relentlessly kindled mm. uh, and it involves the involvement of you know pretty much every stakeholder in the business right the government the founders the investors the community creators and enablers mm. the media every single person has to come in and actually encourage the fact that entrepreneurship is a simple way to get out of poverty entrepreneurship is the fastest route to human progress at scale within a given society and given that we have the luxury of the internet and transparent relatively speaking low information asymmetry etc this is something that we can actively drive in india and from chennai going forward awesome so what are some of the things that you think from an ecosystem perspective could help improve the whole you know we see uh, participation we see participation yes so see vcs go wherever there is growth absolutely okay i think covid has fundamentally rendered geography even less relevant than it already was hmm. right again my case in point being that i don't know very many us funds who have offices in india mm-hmm. but when i say 80% of all the capital that comes into india in terms of fdi in terms of vc is still not from india hmm. that tells you enough right right people are able to look at the macro picture and commit to a particular market because they see its potential so it's not like geography is a limiting factor mm-hmm. anymore at least in my opinion mm-hmm. the case in point also even from our own portfolio from an investing perspective is the majority of portfolio companies that we have are not based in the local markets in where we are physically based or physically present our offices could be in one place our portfolio companies could be anywhere okay. 
so this is an established uh, there is a lot of precedent for this there is mm. no need to I mean ample data available to justify this now in you know in terms of in, uh, increasing vc participation mm-hmm. uh, is your question specific to chennai or is your question specific to india overall specific to tamil nadu specific to tamil nadu so in tamil nadu i think like i said right three four stakeholders in this ecosystem mm-hmm. one is of course founders because without founders there is no need for a private market because there is no private market one second investors because investors and founders form pretty much two sides of the same you know entrepreneurial coin as we discussed mm-hmm. where you know if uh, founders commit their operator time their energy their sweat and blood and then you're talking about a vc investing capital behind that founders efforts mm-hmm. then those two coming together result in pretty much the coin increasing in value mm-hmm. uh, and to enable that coin to exist the regulatory framework the government support the ability to subsidize the discovery and channelization of talent in that particular industry not just senior talent or founder talent but i'm also talking about everyday job creation and employment opportunities right and more importantly understanding that entrepreneurship is a good thing mm. see in at a social level right the needle has to move somewhere where people understand and like the fact that going and doing something worthy of human progress mm. and entrepreneurship mm. can mean the same thing got it if i start a company if i create jobs it means i am creating value not just for my own house but also for my community my society my country my state at large mm-hmm. that big picture thinking is something that purely not even from a government standpoint or stakeholder standpoint just from a content and awareness creation standpoint i think we need to consciously encourage that mm-hmm. the more we encourage that the more density there will be of startups in the country Mm-hmm. there will be ergo more density of startups in tn mm-hmm. and as a consequence of that we will start seeing venture activity increase in that particular ecosystem mm-hmm. so you cannot come and pinpoint today saying oh you address this one point and automatically venture activity will increase it's not like that mm. because it's not just about having more companies or more founders or more government or uh, more content or more dollars right it's actually about finding the balance between all four five of these and saying wherever we're finding an imbalance up the ante over there such that there is an optimal mix of these four five ingredients right mm. think of it like a garden or a kitchen right like you you've got uh, you know not to extend that analogy too far but at <laughs> least you know if you were to say i've got all the greatest of ingredients but i don't have a chef well you're not going to find somebody investing in that restaurant Mm. because you need somebody to make the food think about having a great chef but saying that you know i don't have access to the best raw materials mm. you're still not going to be able to find you know great venture activity there because again how investable is a chef without the right tools right so but if you have the right chef the right tools the right market to come and actually dine in at that restaurant on a regular basis mm. then you are now seeing that okay this market is mature it's ready mm-hmm. now if you put resources behind this this can scale and multiply right that is what we are all seeking actually by trying to kindle various aspects of this ecosystem in from our respective roles mm. uh, and i'm not just speaking as an investor here i'm speaking as an entrepreneur holistically speaking Awesome. So you, you were just mentioning about this whole idea of 
entrepreneurship as a pursuit as a pursuit of greater good and good in general uh, so there's an ethos behind it and so do you think tamil nadu needs something like uh, suratotti like like shark tank to to get this out so that families by at large are okay with people the kids going and doing things out there now for a quick word from our sponsors On March 23, 2023, from across the world, the best from the tech industry are gathering together in Chennai, India, for an amazing event, You Imagine, where industry leaders will speak on the latest in climate tech, web 3.0, AR and VR, AI and ML, data science, and all the latest tech trends making the rounds since our new normal. Now you can get a sneak peek into some of the speakers earlier by listening to their podcast on the You Imagine podcast right here on your favorite player. For more information, visit www.youimaginechennai.com. Now, back to the episode. See, uh, I'm not going to take any one example. <laughs> okay? Uh see, a Shark Tank style episode certainly serves to put startups as a term in the mainstream. Okay? Mm-hmm. I will not deny it. It's overall if you ask me it does make it more popular hmm. therefore at least it will prompt people's you know curiosity or pick their their thinking to say hey what is a startup hmm. right hmm. why is this something that people are talking about why is it this on mainstream. why is this on tv yeah <laughs> right? right you know why why is this not in some inside some closed door office why is this being discussed you know very publicly openly it means it is something that is gaining social importance Hmm. therefore okay let me dedicate some of my time to it and learn about it mm-hmm. from that perspective it's a good thing right but if you ask me if uh, sura toti for tamil nadu alone will be enough to kindle all the suras in tamil nadu i don't <laughs> right. think so right. okay uh, because for that the toti has to change yes absolutely you know it's not finding more suras yes. <laughs> that has to become the makes uh, sense you know norm from but to look at your question in a different way mm-hmm. in terms of saying uh, how do you make the topic more palatable see um, we are a very poor country mm-hmm. it's imperative for us to understand this mm-hmm. because we are a poor country and when i say poor country i mean gdp per capita mm. okay 2500 dollar gdp per capita is what people quote at the, at least a un published number give or take mm. but if we remove that 50 million people at the top end of the or top slice or sliver of the indian income pyramid mm-hmm. that 50 million people at 50000 dollars gdp per capita if you take that away then what we are really left with is one and a third of a billion people in the country where we have not 2500 dollars gdp per capita but actually 600 to 700 dollars gdp per capita right Now, six hundred to seven hundred dollars is not a ten twenty percent off the mean. It is like sixty seventy percent off the mean. True. So fundamental difference in lifestyle. Fundamental difference in priorities hmm. on how they consume, what they want, how do they behave, what is valuable economically. All of those things. Mm-hmm. In India, so far we have seen a lot of entrepreneurship that has been predominantly focused on the top fifty million people. Mm-hmm. see when i look at a swiggy or when i look at a zomato or when i look at an ola or an uber and when i go talk to somebody at 600 700 dollar gdp per capita they don't look at that as when i when i say the name the immediate first thought in their heads is not 
can i consume that product the mm. immediate first thought is can my uh, brother's uh, daughter get a job there mm. can my sister's son get a job there the perspective on those companies is fundamentally different mm. right so when i say india's market potential and chennai's market potential or tn's market potential out of that one and a third of a billion people we have nearly 60 70 million people in in, in our state alone mm. within that construct despite being one of the wealthier states in the country from an overall national contribution to gdp perspective we still have a significant headroom to grow mm. in terms of being able to leverage this population's potential mm. and build for that populace mm. and from that perspective yes you know uh, there's i'll come back to that point where i said entrepreneurship is the simplest route out of poverty Mm. okay because without job creation without financial inclusion without expanding the set of available opportunities without generating more income per household mm. we are never going to increase gdp per capita per household right without increasing gdp per capita per household we are not going to increase gdp per capita per person mm. if we are not going to increase gdp per capita per person then we are not going to fundamentally move the poverty needle right in that context Yes, it's definitely a good thing for society. Would be my argument. Awesome, great. Now let's flip this whole um, you know topic to. Okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I need funding. Uh, I I have built a product. I see I'm getting closer to product market fit. Right. How do I approach a VC? So the first thing is uh, the founder needs to know whether they believe they're getting closer to product market fit. <laughs> Or it's really happening. Or whether the product is actually close to being a fit for the market. Got it. Okay. So, and I don't, and I say this as a farmer founder mm-hmm. turned investor. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I feel you. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I sympathize with you, but I assuredly do not empathize with you <laughs> right. on this particular point. Right. Because we should ground our opinions in fact, mm. not on hubris or hallucination. Right. until something sells hmm. it's not a product you right awesome it's just an item hmm. you've created something hmm. in order to give it the status of a product hmm. the first thing that is necessary is somebody should be willing to pay for it right a customer is simply somebody who votes with their wallet hmm. right now if somebody is going to come in and pay real money hmm. to evidence the fact that your product is worth buying mm-hmm. then automatically you have qualified for product right whoever is bought from you is your market mm-hmm. and if you are able to replicate that product for the same market mm-hmm. then yes a startup or a company or a product or you or me can be deemed to have found product market fit awesome pmf mm-hmm. now after pmf mm-hmm. which is typically when companies start raising let's say pre series a or series a because that is when they say okay now i am not worried about whether it sells mm-hmm. i have answered the if question right. now i want to answer the how question mm-hmm. how to multiply this how to scale this that's why i am raising money mm-hmm. the investment business or the vc business or the pe business for all the talk that we do to say you know we are uh, we say scale and technology and multiplication Mm-hmm. we are probably one of the least scalable businesses in the world <laughs> right because we are a services business yeah which is a trust based p 
people centric relationship first business mm. we have to build relationships with our customers in this case the only customers we have are our founders mm. now if our founders are going to come and if you are as a customer you are going to approach a business and you need that business to give you the value that you want mm. i'm not even saying valuation that you want i'm saying first value that you want okay, okay. you need to go and fund, fundamentally approach that business in a way that makes them want to give you value mm. with the minimum of effort eventually everybody can do everything mm. but all that we are seeking to mitigate here is the risk of wasted time mm. if we want to mitigate the risk of wasted time because that is the one resource that is infinitely non renewable at least as on date mm. then <laughs> we go and approach a business the same way any successful customer wants to negotiate a deal with a person or a business that they are procuring from mm. the vc also has no other business except to find customers because without a customer there is no business hmm. in that context to get both of these to meet the simplest way is if i find an existing customer referral hmm. generally if you can get any of my existing customers or any of my existing founders mm-hmm. to take the product seriously whether it is through an angel investment whether it is through a personal warm introduction or whether it is through a detailed reference where the as a founder that company has managed to go and build conviction hmm. in somebody or a set of somebodies that this is worthy of spending time on automatically vc outreach and then inbounds will start happening hmm. this is for companies who do not yet have the luxury of saying i can fund my own growth hmm. the best companies in the world including in chennai or in tn or in india are not funded by investors they are funded by customers hmm. Hmm. this is a cardinal truth that we must first embrace wholeheartedly because then we will start treating capital as an option for fueling our growth hmm. not as a necessity for pleading about right. it hmm. or surviving hmm. now most companies most businesses will say no no i need initial capital oh. yes hmm. but that capital is not 5 million dollars oh. if you need 5 million dollars in initial capital oh. you're probably in the wrong business <laughs> right okay unless you are inventing a nuclear reactor or you know you are a fifth time entrepreneur who's already taken the company public twice where you are a bellwether founder where mm. you have established a certain credibility and track record mm. in the industry you've been around for 10 15 years but i'm ignoring all the edge cases mm. i'm saying by and large mm. as a founder and and i say this with all humility having been one mm. is hey let's think about what i need to do in the words of john kennedy literally speaking right don't ask what the country can do for you in this case don't ask what the system or the ecosystem can do for you please ask yourself what you can do for your own company mm. automatically capital will come mm. the corollary of all things in life like attention like time like money like capital is it comes to you when you don't need it mm. <laughs> the same is true of venture money mm. at a company that does not require money to survive people will want to invest in that company only because the possibilities of innovation and growth resulting from your ability to survive self sustainably mm. is much higher than a company that is yet to fix its basics mm. so in that context 
if you figure out how to fund your own growth and if you figure out before that how to fund your own bills hmm. then capital becomes a much more uh, amenable palatable option and you will find that vcs take interest in you absolutely not just vcs any investor for that mm-hmm. matter one thing i will also say is that this is probably another positive bonus point in terms of our ecosystem locally in chennai or tn mm-hmm. we generally don't like to overspend all right uh, generally we are not very extravagant flamboyant you know uh, putting the cart before the horse and buying a, a rolls royce before we pay salary mm-hmm. kind of entrepreneurial ecosystem we care about those values deeply and i think we should stick to them i think those are very good things to care about because if we get those things done properly hmm. the next steps become easier hmm absolutely great so switching gears from a technology point of view how are you seeing this whole deep tech and emerging tech are these still buzzwords or is there reality to this so all of these terms come and go <laughs> right um what stays is value hmm. see the the what differentiates most technology companies from any other kind of companies right why are certain companies venture fundable why are certain companies called tech companies and why are some some companies just called well companies hmm. right it's because technology change or advancement or development should provide only one thing first at a fundamental level it should provide operating leverage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if my creation of a new product or a new service is not changing the status quo from how it was previously to how it is now by significantly altering the efficiency or effectiveness through which i am able to execute anything then what i am simply doing is repetition i am not creating technology mm. the evidence of a new technology or a real technology is financially speaking the easiest way to identify it is high gross margin hmm. because if you create something fundamentally scalable and fundamentally providing operating leverage it will show in the numbers hmm. now with deep tech and emerging tech the time period to actually create a product that can showcase this operating leverage and the probability of that product creation being successful let's say creating a suborbital space satellite or a rocket launcher for you know human missions to mars or a robotics platform for household devices these are all platform tech deep tech services we call them deep today because that is only real technology mm. the see is the opposite of deep tech superficial tech mm. it's not right okay. so what we're saying deep is basically because the amount of time it takes to actually show evidence of the operating leverage they're able to create is probably a little bit longer and thereby it attracts a very different kind of scientifically driven more r&d focused and probably more industry expertise oriented investors so you, that is why you find a selected bucket of deep tech funds who are specialists in a given space hmm. because they understand the mistakes that can go wrong in the product development process and thereby the monetization process hmm. they are not worried about whether or not this product will generate operating leverage mm. that is a given mm. the only thing they are concerned about and what they are trying to de-risk through the process of their investment is what are the mistakes that can happen mm. in this development process that with my experience i can help mitigate in addition to putting money behind a team mm. in that vein yes uh, those are very welcome things because 
often what research driven science driven innovations can do is result in groundbreaking you know possibilities which can mm-hmm. change the way in which any industries can be done because if something is founded on the basis of deep research mm-hmm. generally speaking any outcome of that research obviously if it works mm-hmm. the outcome probability might be binary or more binary mm-hmm. but in the case of that binary outcome being positive ie product works the disruptive potential of that technology is also going to be as binary as the uh, outcome itself mm. so that that's the that's the broad broad spectrum of at least you know what deep tech really means from a platform perspective mm-hmm. within deep tech of course several you know things that i mentioned in terms of ai or ml first or for that matter natural language processing mm-hmm. or robotics or you know deep biotech for instance where you're talking about everything from gene editing through to mm-hmm. you know uh, remote patient monitoring all of those things mm-hmm. um it definitely work and of course the deep tech companies that already exist today that are just not venture funded because they're self funded are of course the big pharma biotech companies right like i mean they're doing deep tech research on new drugs every day so you know and if those drugs for instance if somebody invents a cure for cancer mm. or a cure for aids or a cure for any other you know systemic problem that is plaguing society then the economic and the social benefit arising from that discovery can be huge awesome uh, to me that is also deep tech i mean it's mm. all part of the same universe great so um talking about you imagine summit what are you looking forward to well firstly i think it will be one of the few times that in our great state we will have people under the same roof at the same time right uh often what it takes for great conversations to kindle is first just having those conversations at all right and in that context of course having everybody under the same roof is probably the easiest way to kindle or enable those conversations mm-hmm. once those conversations are enabled who am i to say you know what what those outcomes could be or could not be but mm. if every key stakeholder in ecosystem is equally inclined to be present at a conference that augurs very very well for the future of any ecosystem and of course for tamil nadu's ecosystem in the case of imagine and march awesome uh let's talk a little bit about you know your fund and about lok capital sure so who does lok capital you know help fund what's your portfolio like sure so we lok originally started uh, about 17 years ago wow uh, as a microfinance focused mm-hmm. uh, impact investor probably one of the earliest impact investors in india mm-hmm. and we care very deeply about the intentionality of impact uh, mm-hmm. when we say intentionality we mean the intent behind the founders the mm-hmm. folks who are actually building these businesses and the reason we worked on microfinance first probably was because before you go and tell somebody that you have to consume healthcare mm-hmm. or before you have to consume education or before you have to consume good quality food the those were not yet consumption priorities for the majority of the middle and bottom thirds of the income pyramid mm-hmm. in india which is fair and square the population that we've always addressed as right. as, as companies as, as uh, investors over the last 15 17 years mm-hmm. before you provide somebody with opportunities to consume first provide them with an opportunity to increase their incomes right and provision of liquidity at the right time for a fair price is one of the easiest ways to improve people's income so microfinance was a very clear fit in terms of the impact potential and hmm. the ability to have financial inclusion as a center of plate thesis for uh 
financial inclusion and growth of a, right. of a given demographic. Mm-hmm. As the market has evolved, because 15 years is, I mean, it's not a very, very long time, but it's certainly not a very short time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've had three funds so far. First was 22, second was 65, and the third was 120 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like to think we've been very disciplined investors in terms of the way in which uh, we've operated. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, significantly high focus on exits and ensuring, you know, active liquidity returns to our, you know, uh, shareholders, mm-hmm. uh, our LPs who have supported us through the years. And of course, uh, important enough to ensure that the continuity of the franchise is maintained mm-hmm. through the years and the lifetime of the brand itself. Mm-hmm. As the sectoral thesis has evolved, we expanded beyond microfinance from LOC1 Mm-hmm. through to expanding into other kinds of financing so affordable housing mm-hmm. sme credit then of course you know nbfcs and you know uh, personal credit you mm-hmm. know for working class individuals and for salaried individuals and then eventually expanding into something like supply chain financing so lots of financial services and lending plays then insurance mm-hmm. um, and then of course savings and mm. then as you kept expanding the universe of financial services products, you realized that, okay, the market has also matured. So we tried experimenting with more sectors. Mm. So in addition to making investments like, for instance, Equitas, Suryoday, Ujjivan, Utkarsh, mm. uh, we also started now making investments in companies like Mintify, Veritas, etc. Mm. And then eventually a uh, smattering of other bets in other sectors like Akshay Kalpa in the dairy space and agri-tech space mm. uh, to learn about that space and also to understand the impact that can be created for farmers directly on the basis of that mm. um, and, and several other spaces including healthcare. Now the fund focus for the fourth fund, we've just had our first close uh, in December of 2022. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're raising a 150 to $200 million fund where we've just had a first close of $90 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually just announced yesterday mm-hmm. day before um, and the fund focus is basically flexible check sizes of 3 to 15 million dollars series A plus let's say mm-hmm. in finance climate health and agri mm-hmm. as the four kind of definitive sectoral areas that uh, the fund is looking at from this this uh, thesis so those those are the areas we'd be looking to invest in. Those are the startups that we're evaluating. One of the first in, the first investment we've made from Lok4 has in fact been in a company based in our very own city of Chennai mm-hmm. called uh, Aqua Connect, which we also announced a while back. Uh, right. You know they're uh, they're an aquaculture company in the uh, adding value in the shrimp and seafood you know kind of farming uh, aqua value chain. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean we're very excited about the potential that uh, this fund can hold. Awesome. Great, Vignesh. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing a lot of different thoughts, like a full-fledged spectrum. Looks like a full meal. My pleasure, man. Very grateful to you guys for making the time. Great. Thanks, Vignesh. Looking forward to staying in touch and hosting you at You Imagine as well. Absolutely. Looking forward to being there. That brings us to the end of this episode of the You Imagine podcast. We want to take this time to thank our guest, Mr. Vignesh Ramanujam, partner at Lok Capital, for taking time to come on the show. Joseph Abraham, CEO and founder of Startup Atom, for hosting the show and the Umagine team for their support. A special mention to Arun Joseph, Subhash and Charles for the post-production work on this episode. Make sure you join us on the next episode of the Umagine podcast.